so excited that you're able to join us on this Father's Day weekend. I am a history guy. I love uh, to study just different things in history because I think at times uh, history is destined to repeat itself unless we learn, you know, from the mistakes that we or other countries or individuals have done in the past. In the 1600s, uh, the king of Sweden was actually named Gustav Adolf II. Uh, and he was uh, considered a military genius of his day. Uh, one of the things as a strategist and uh, military genius is he was always looking at the next thing. What is the, the next thing to conquer or to, to oversee or to overthrow? Well, being in Sweden, you know, the Baltic Sea was one of those areas that he needed to make sure that he had a navy, you know, for. And so he thought to himself, hey, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to build the largest navy the specific vessel, you know, in the history of man. And so this vessel, you know, that he built was actually called the Vasa. And to give you an idea, you know, it was 15 stories high. Uh, it uh, carried uh, guns, 64 guns, you know, cannons, you know, were lifted upon this vessel, uh, which to give you an idea was twice as much as any in the history of man. Well, the, they came for it to set sail and on August 10th of 16. 28, it set sail. 30 minutes later, it sank. It absolutely sank. The reason it sank was because they had put way too much weight up above. It was completely disproportional. They hadn't thought through the most important thing for a ship to succeed, which is to float. And I start thinking, you know, how many of us guys, including myself, uh, are in the same boat. Uh, we have a lot of things that we're aiming towards, that we're building in our lives, that we're trying to, to be the best, to do the best, and yet we find ourselves at times sinking. We find ourselves at times drowning. Could it be that there are some lessons, some core lessons that we might have forgotten along the way? Could there be some lessons that God may want to teach us even on this day? Now, I know that this message we're about ready to, to get into applies to everyone. But ladies, can I just get your permission for a second? Uh, I want to talk to the guys. And uh, you can contextualize and you can realize that this is important for you as well. But I just want to talk to men, especially on this Father's Day. So not just fathers, but men in general. You see, as men, here's something that I've come to believe is that we thrive the most when we are united together towards a common purpose or goal. Uh, we thrive that way, and we don't thrive when we do it alone. Uh, for example, maybe uh, many of you guys, you know, uh, like me, enjoyed watching uh, the series called The Last Dance. The Last Dance, you know, was a follow of the, the Michael Jordan's Bulls, you know, that won that last championship. Uh, but here's what you need to know about Michael Jordan, and I believe, and I'd argue with you, that greatest basketball player that ever lived. But about Michael is he couldn't win a championship. He could never win a championship until he gathered a great coach and other guys who are united among the same purpose and the same goal. And when they became united, they became a championship caliber team. You know, not once, but many championships along the way. And I, and I started thinking about guys, you know, we're not naturally relationally wired just to go and hang out. Uh, we need a reason to hang out. Uh, like, let's go fishing together. Let's watch a ball game together. Let's, let's do a work project together. And when we're doing something together with purpose, we find ourselves winning. We find ourselves, 
enjoying life. We just are not as great as our female counterparts at just naturally connecting relationally. So I started thinking, you know, growing up about different championship teams that I was on. And uh, probably my favorite one, you know, was I was a senior in high school. And we had a football team that was not very good. I mean, on paper, uh, we probably should have won maybe two games that entire year. But we won seven. We went seven and two and shocked a lot of people. And the reason was is because even though cumulatively we didn't have the talent to compete, we bought in to what the coach was saying and we bought in together as guys. Try winning. Try winning in any area of life. And you'll see that the, those who win are never by themselves, that they need other people to join with them on this journey. If you find yourself successful in business, it's because you have other men on the journey with you. If you find yourself successful in a hobby, you didn't do it all by yourself. Somebody else came alongside and has helped guide you on that process. Uh, you might have a successful marriage or family, but you didn't do this by yourself. You've leaned on or you're seen models and you come alongside other guys to find yourself winning. So the question becomes is, if you're a follower of Jesus, is what are we supposed to be united in? How are we supposed to be winning? And the Apostle Paul, who's writing, you know, this book called Philippians, and we've been in the series, you know, called Unchained, you know, looking at Paul, who's writing from prison, who's got a lot of things to teach us as it pertains, especially to this topic of purpose and winning. In fact, he writes this in Philippians 1.27. He says, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news of Jesus Christ. And so the next few minutes, we're going to talk about what does that mean? What does it mean to live as citizens of heaven? I know, you know, for me, when, when I go and travel outside the country on some mission trips and some other excursions, one of my favorite experiences is actually coming home. And you get off the plane and you go through customs and you have your passport, your United States passport, and you walk up to the customs agent. And at one point he looks in, he stamps it, he shuts it, and he says these words, welcome home, Mr. Shields. And it feels so good to know that this is my home, that I am a citizen of the United States of America. And with all the problems that we have today, it doesn't feel like we're very united. But at the same time, I can say, I don't know where else I'd rather live. This is the country that I would love to live the rest of my life in if God should allow that. But I can tell you this, that my citizenship is first and foremost in heaven. And Paul says, and he implores us because that is our citizenship, that we are to live under God's rules, under God's guidance, and under God's kingdom. And it's the best. It's absolutely the best if we live underneath his purpose and his design. And what is that? It's to be a follower of him and help others to do the same. Men, that's what we're wired to do, to follow Jesus and to help others to do the same. But how do we do this together? How do we make sure that our lives, like that Vasa ship, does not sink? That's what we want to spend our rest of our time talking about. So how do we do this? Paul tells us how to do it. How do we become unified citizens of the kingdom of God? He says three things that we want to make sure as men that we follow. Three things that are going to help us through this thing we call real life. The first one we find in Philippians 1.27, 
Paul says, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose. So the first way that we're supposed to be able to be united together is we're supposed to stand together. Jesus is our commander, he is our chief, and he's asking us not to do this alone, to stand. And he says it in two ways. One, he says, stand together with one spirit. In fact, you know, in Ephesians chapter four, verses four through six, it says, for there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. So we're supposed to stand together with one purpose, one God, one baptism, one way. And when we're united that way, we have strength to get through the day. The second way we're supposed to stand is with one purpose, which again is to live and share the good news of Jesus, to be and to make disciples. So my question is, do you have other guys in your life? Do you have guys that you know that can stand with you in the ups and downs of life? Do you have guys that you're willing to stand together when one spirit and one purpose? That's something I really want you to think about. I grew up, you know, going to church, uh, accepted Christ when I was young, uh, like five years old. And um, uh, that's all I know is church. When I went to college, uh, kind of did my own thing for a little bit. I eventually moved to Las Vegas, 2005. And uh, two years later, met my wife down there. There was a, a men's retreat that was happening. There were two older guys. They just, um, just kind of brought me into their group and uh, just started hanging out and they just turned into just great mentors. One of the big things that, that they told me um, that still sticks with me to this day is you need to find at least one other guy that you consider your 2 a.m. friend. And what is a 2 a.m. friend? A 2 a.m. friend is someone that regardless of the time of day or night, if they need you, then you're available and they can call you. It's not like an inconvenience to be at 2 a.m. where they call you and be like, hey, bro, we need to talk. Um, hey, I got something on my mind. Hey, I'm struggling. I need help. And as a 2 a.m. friend, you pick up that phone and you talk to them. When we moved to Spokane, September 2013, uh, we literally took a 70% um, drop in income uh, to come back up here. And we lost our house. And it was just uh, a period, of, it was a season of life where uh, you just feel like a failure, you know, especially as a guy. We don't like that feeling, right? We're, we're supposed to provide for our family. Um, you don't want to tell people, hey, I just lost my house um, because I made a, a poor financial decision. I was struggling. I was struggling inside. It was just, it was tough. It was hard for me to uh, go to some guy that I just met once or twice and be like, hey, this is what's going on. No, I kept it all in here. I bottled it all up in here. With my wife, she knew that I was struggling with um, just work and just being able to provide for my family. Um, but that's really the only person I had to talk to, which is great, she's awesome. But if I had that one person during that first year in Spokane to just just believe in me, just to, just to um, speak truth into me, um, then I probably wouldn't have had to struggle as much as I did. 
you know, if I had some other guys that maybe were going through that or have gone through that situation, uh, it might have helped me um, bounce back from that dark hole faster. After about a year in Spokane and just jobs changing, being able to make it and attend a church, uh, I was able to connect with guys and I was able to uh, form friendships with other guys. Now I'm, I'm helping with men's retreat. I'm helping set out with men's retreat. I've, uh, I've led a group uh, in the last few years at CTL. I've uh, been invited to speak on some of the subjects at CTL. Um, I'm, I'm plugging myself in, men's breakfast, I'm there. I'm seeing guys uh, looking to launch an online Bible study with guys this year at, at BRL yeah. and just helping those guys that, hey, if I can't make it face-to-face, -face, maybe I can do something through the Bible app to connect with other guys to eventually make it face-to-face. -face. I also realize now the importance of having that one friend, that one 2 a.m. friend. Um, I realize just how important it is. And I think as guys, sometimes we don't realize that importance. We're in denial. We want to do everything ourselves, right? And, uh, and we can't do it alone. We just can't. So again, do you have some guys that are going to stand together with you in one spirit and also with purpose? See, we might have a lot of guys that stand with us in our hobbies and our work environments and, and in other areas of our lives. But do we have other guys that you know that you can stand with and who can stand with you when it comes to Jesus. Uh, the second way Paul tells us is that we need to not only stand together, but we need to fight together, to fight together. In Philippians 1.27, it says, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by our enemies. This will be a sign to them that they're going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. See, men were supposed to fight alongside each other, not fight against one another. And, and the way that Paul just says it there is we're supposed to fight for the faith, that we're supposed to stand up and stand in the gap in our homes, in our communities, in our neighborhoods. That's what Paul was challenging the church to be and do, to stand shoulder to shoulder, side by side. And when the church does that, no opponent, no enemy that comes from within or without can stand when we are fighting and we are contending with and for one another. In fact, John Wesley, he's a famous preacher, once said this quote, Give me 100 men who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God. And I care not whether they be pastors or not. They alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven upon the earth. See, Paul is imploring us to stand and to fight together for men's souls. To come into relationship and be there for people because there's a real enemy and we have to stand. But here's what I know about my own life. Whenever I try to stand alone, I fail, I fall. And I've talked to enough guys, you do the same thing. And so we're supposed to stand together. So one of the things I wanna ask for you is also not only to stand for those who've not yet received Christ, but are we standing up to fight for one another? Not with, but for one another. Uh, one of the things I love about even being out here today is I love nature uh, and I love the nature channel. Uh, one of the things that I love to watch is the migration of elephants in Africa. And when they migrate, you know, for water purposes and other purposes, you find that there are lions that are always trying to devour these elephants, but they can't do it. When they're together in a herd, when they're standing together, even the smallest of the elephants 
can survive. But when one elephant, small or large, goes wandering off by themselves, more often than not, you see that elephant that's destroyed. And so are we willing to stand and fight together, to be with each other in this? Uh, Specifically, have you called any man up recently? Have you reached out to them? Don't let, don't, don't give up on other guys. There's so many guys that I know who are wandering or out by themselves. Think in your own mind and heart right now. Who is someone that you know who may have wandered out by themselves? You know, Jesus tells the story of being with 99 sheep and leaving that 99 and going after the one. And I'm going to ask you even right now, who's that one? Maybe you're the one and that you're hoping that someone's going to fight for you. At Valley Real Life, that's my prayer and hope is that we're going to fight for you. So to be united united as men, we stand together, we fight together, and lastly, we need to struggle together. In Philippians 1.29, it says, For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am in the midst of it even now. See, anything that is worth fighting for, standing for, is going to be hard. There's going to be struggle. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be, you know, temptation. There's going to be difficulty. Just realize that you're not alone. And what Paul says is that we will suffer for him. We're going to suffer for him. So are you willing to do so? And what does that look like today? Uh, You might not get that promotion if you actually stand for Jesus. If you actually fight along other guys, The, the world is not for you. The world is actually against you. It wants to tear you down. And so are you willing to go through some suffering? I know every time, you know, I think about it even a year ago today, I was on a journey to complete a half Ironman. Uh, I don't feel like it right now, but if it wasn't for other guys, you know, who are standing with me, fighting along with me and struggling and going through some suffering to accomplish a goal that I could never accomplish on my own, how much more so in Jesus. And I want to speak to one more thing. Don't suffer or struggle alone. Don't suffer or struggle alone. As guys, unfortunately, we have been taught, we've been raised in an independent culture that says you have to be this or that. You have to stand on your own. You have to be strong. You can't admit when you're weak or when you're hurting. And yet what Jesus says is when you admit and that I admit that I am weak, then I am strong. And when we're together and admit our weaknesses and have other people in our lives that we can go through this journey with, we stand strong in him. So be united in life and in Jesus. In order to do that, we have to stand together. We have to fight together. And we're going to have to struggle together. In fact, I know the guys, let me be honest in my own life, that are doing this for me as our elders. I think about Anthony and Wayne and Paul, and Jason, and Brian, who are really, really coming alongside me. They stand with me, and I stand with them. They fight with and for me, and I stand and fight with and for them, and we struggle together. Why? Not for struggle's sake, not for fighting's sake, but for the gospel, for the good news of Jesus Christ, because it's worth it. And so for you, your next step, do you have other men in your life? Do you have other men in your life that can stand, fight, and struggle with you in Jesus' name. If not, that's why we're here. We want to provide you an opportunity and a platform to be able to connect with other guys on this journey. It really sucks trying to go through life alone.
I've been there. And the times in which that I have fallen, the times in which that I have made the biggest mistakes of my life is when I thought I could do it myself. I was like that ship that we talked about at the beginning that looked really strong from the outside, really massive. But once it went out to battle, once it went out in the seas, I found myself falling. And I wonder if I'm not alone. I wonder if you're also going through the same thing. We want to take this journey together. Will you be honest and open to finding some guys and walking this journey of faith? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the example of Paul, that together we can be united in purpose and in relationship, focused on standing together, fighting together, and struggling together. But not for any reason, Lord, but for your reason and your name alone. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you. I'm excited for those of you who are willing to go on the next step of this journey. It's not easy, but I promise you, it's worth it.